Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban, here with my friend Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Yevamot, daf Kufchet, page 108. Well, before we get to talking about uh, today's daf, I just want to put in a little plug. Guess what's actually coming? The end of Yevamos. <laughs> so we are going to be making a seum. We haven't had one of those in quite some time. It will, God willing, be on July 10th, our standard 10 a.m., um, Eastern time, 5 p.m. Israel time. Uh, we will be putting out a sign-up sheet very soon. Uh, please let us know if you want to say something. I'm sure people have a lot to say about this masachet. Uh, we are going to try to have a special speaker as well. And we look forward to finishing up this masachet with all of you. Now we get on. To I just want to know, yeah. we just want to add, we will We will all finish Yevamot a few days before that, right? We're choosing the Sunday, July 10th, because Sundays are more convenient for, I think, everybody all over the world among our listener base. But um, it also means that if you aren't quite done with Yevamot by the Thursday before, you'll be able to catch up in time for yes, the seal. We're giving you a few days to catch up. Absolutely. So I'm actually starting on the bottom of Kuf Zion of 107. There's a Mishnah that we didn't get to yesterday. We're going to do two Mishnayos today and a little bit of Gemara that's in between there. Um, and the Gemara, the Mishnah reads as follows. Who is a minor girl who needs to do refusal in order to annul this marriage? Any minor whose mother or brother married her off, basically with, without her consent. If they married her off with her without her consent, she does not need to refuse her husband. And she basically can just leave her husband without any um, without any refusal at all. In other words, the concept of refusal is only if she had agreed to this arrangement. But if they went behind her back and did this and she didn't agree to it at all, she doesn't even need to do refusal. She can just say, I'm not going to be married to this person. Rabbi Hanina ben Antigona Samer, Koltina Kochena, Yeholali Shmor Kedushaha, Right. So Rabbi Hanina Ben Antigona says any girl who's so young that she can't keep her her betrothal, meaning she can't keep the money or the documents that show that she actually entered into Kedushin. Right. She also doesn't need refusal because, in other words, it means she doesn't understand what's going on. So she could never have entered into this at all. So this adds almost another layer of protection here. Right. Because the idea is. You only do refusal if you had dot, if you had understanding into which the arrangement your mother or brothers put you in. But if you were so young that you could not even have that understanding, there's no concept of refusal. You're not refusing anything because that's an arrangement that never should have taken place. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Ein masek The act of a minor girl is nothing. So what he's basically saying is, so if a minor's girl, Tana's mother or brothers, marry her off, the marriage is basically totally invalid. Rather, she's like a seduced, unmarried woman, right? Meaning, again, this is another layer of protection. So much so that the marriage doesn't even take effect that if a Bat Yisrael enters into this type of arrangement with a Kohen, she still is not allowed to eat Truma because they're not really considered fully married. And a Bat Kohen, who's with the Israels, can still continue to eat Truma because, again, this is not a full marriage. Rabbi Elezer ben Yaakov Omer, kol achba shehi min ha'ish ki'ilu ki'ishto. 
Rabbi Elazarman Yaakov says differently. If there's any obstruction due to the man, it's as if he were his wife. But any obstruction it, that's not due to the man, so the, the Gemara is going to explain this statement later on, and I'm just jumping very quickly, and I know I, I, we skipped past what you were going to do. Right, so it's explaining what does this mean that there's an obstruction due to the man, an obstruction that's not due to the man. I'm a Rav Yehuda, I'm a Shmuel, Tabu say, right? So Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, someone proposed marriage to her, right? And Vamran, she says, and she basically says, because of so-and-so, my husband, this is an obstruction due to man. In other words, she's saying, I don't want to marry because of so-and-so. She basically declines the marriage. So this would be due to, to, due to the man, right? Zohi yachvah Right, but if she says, I don't want to marry this person because the men suggested to me aren't suitable for me, this is not an obstruction due to the man. Right, and she's not considered to be his, she's not considered to be his wife. So the Gemara will go in and explain a little, uh, you know, a little bit more about that. But to me, this mission is very interesting because I think it gives you know, again, we discussed yesterday that this whole concept of sort of like putting a minor into some type of potential marriage future relationship for when she gets bigger and the idea that she's allowed to refuse it, this mission is making very clear. This was not something you did with three-year-olds, right? This was something that was done. There had to be some form of dad on the part of the minor. And then when she gets bigger, she'll basically decide whether or not she really wants this marriage. But this was not something that was just sort of you know, done with any, with any young child. So. Well, we'll see know. a little bit more about that in the, yeah. in the part I want to talk about. Right. Um, so, you, so we'll move on to your part because that segues very nicely into your part. But I, again, uh, the point is, please notice how many layers of protection there are here. Okay. I'm going to just start on the Gemara that's at the, right after the mission on the previous stuff, meaning we're still at the bottom of 107, but very quickly moving on to 108. Honor of Yehuda, get Meun. They uh, they would write a, a document attesting to her refusal, and in this document it would say, "Sorry, right?" Meaning, I don't, I don't like him. I don't want him. I don't want to be married to him. And then they decided. They said, oh my goodness, this document is so long, it's going to be confused. It's going to end up being confused with a divorce. And they didn't want anybody to treat this refusal as if it were a divorce. There's all kinds of implications if she were to have been divorced, besides the fact that in this case, she's still a katana, right? So what happens is, they made a decree that says as follows um, It says, on this and such a day, so and so, the daughter of so and so refused, you know, did this refusal in our in our presence before us, you know, in the court, and then that's all it said. So then the Gemara, for you know, is very nicely organized here, and it says, well, what counts as mi miun? What does it mean to say that she's been she's actually refusing? She says, I want nothing to do with so and so. I want nothing to do with this betrothal that my mother, my brother made. 
יתר על כן אמר רבי יהודה, אפילו יושבת באפירון והולכת מבית אביה לבית בעלה, ואמרה, אי אפשי בפלוני בעלי, זוהי מיון. Even if what happens, she's already like at the בדקן, right? She's already at the wedding, and she's about to leave from, quote, her father's house to her husband's house, and she says, you know, in this process, she says, I don't want to, right? I don't want this person as my husband. Explicitly, right? She, it's not that I don't want to get married. It's too scary. It's too overwhelming. It's not that kind of general statement. It's that I do not want this person as my husband. That also counts as miyun, meaning she can refuse until the last moment. And then, yet there came out Rabbi Huda. Rabbi says even more than that. Afilu hayu orchin misubin bebeit ba'ala vehi omedet umashka alehem. Even if there were guests, let's say, in the husband's house, and she's there serving them drinks, whatever, meaning she's the hostess, and she says, I don't want this man as my husband before them. I can't imagine the, you know, the politics that this would entail, right? It would be a real, it's a real refusal and also an embarrassment, right? So it even might be that it sounds like she's just complaining, Ugh, I don't want this man as my husband. But here it says, it counts as refusal. Yet, okay, and I'm a Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda, even more so, um, Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda says as follows, Afilu shigraba ala etzel chenvani la'avilo chefetz mishalo v'amra i'ashi b'ploni ba'ali e'en l'cha me'un gadol mizeh. So even if, she, if the husband were to send her to go to some shopkeeper, right? Meaning to go, to go pick up his dry cleaning kind of thing. And she says to that shopkeeper then, I don't want that man as my husband. Then then Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda says there's no greater me'un than this, meaning she's still in that zone of time when she's allowed to say, I do not want to marry this man, and that counts as refusal. So it's not just in front of the court. It's not just this form with this formal document, meaning she's got a good amount of leeway still left to her to kind of to back out. And, and according to these sages, she's allowed to, continue, she's allowed to back out even until the last moment, or even after, what feels like even after the last moment. And then the Gemara, as I said, it's very organized, says, well, let's follow through that Mishnah, where it says, Rav Chanina ben Antigonos, Omer, what did he say? Kol Tinoket, right? He's talking about a girl who's so young, right? If she's so young that she can't even safeguard the the thing that with which she is betrothed, right? So let's say, you know, the the money or the, um, whatever it is, the, the way... There has to be some kind of gift that's given to her that counts as the betrothal. If she's not old enough to be responsible to hold on to it and keep it safe, then she's then she doesn't even need to do any kind of mi'un. She doesn't need to refuse because she's too young to begin with to be even part of this conversation. And that's the psaq, meaning everybody accepts that there's an age below which a girl does not need to do mi'un. She's just not in the Parsha, she's just not in the world of, of even needing to refuse. She's clearly not marrying this man. Um, and what happens if she, if this minor girl, a minor girl who's eligible to do Meun, doesn't do them, doesn't go through the Meun process, but hasn't married the guy, and then she marries somebody else. So Rabbi Yehuda ben Batera says something very smart. He says, the very fact that she's marrying somebody else counts as the refusal of the other guy, right? Meaning it makes it clear what she wants. What she wants is to marry the guy she's marrying and not the guy that she doesn't want to marry. And that's all you need. So again, like 
this thing, if she can say EF, she, she can say, I don't want anything to do with this man um, until the last moment is is still more formal. Let's say it's an actual statement of refusal as compared to simply going on with your life and marrying somebody else. But that too counts as getting her out of um, the requirement to marry the first guy, which I think is, you know, I think Chazal, you want to say, um, your Dana, that Chazal were not so comfortable with Yibum. I think that Chazal really did not like the idea of Kedusha Kitana, that the that the mother or the, the, or the brother or whoever could betroth her against her will to somebody else. So they jumped through all these hoops to say not against her will. She cannot be betrothed in a lasting way against her will. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think what's been fascinating about this Masachan in general is, is that, look, there's a series of laws that, and options, basically, that the Torah gives for certain types of marriages. And Chazal really don't like some of that, right? Like Yivamos, also this one, you know, with the minor girl. Chalitza they like, and Chalitza they're basically saying, once it's done, it's done. Do not ever question it again. Um, so, but what's interesting is, is that they don't explicitly come out and say, yeah, this doesn't jive with how we view the world, or this makes me uncomfortable. Instead, what they sort of do is they put like limitations on it. Like they don't undo the halacha itself. Like that law exists in the Torah and they're not going to deny that. But they sort of try to boundary it in a way that Chazal does so that it becomes very limited under which circumstances. But it's not a discussion about, you know, oh, this law shouldn't exist. And I think that's very key in terms of understanding how halacha actually evolves. Yep, I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to um, another uh, uh, Mishnah here, which is uh, on Amud Bet. It starts at the top of Amud Aleph, sorry, and goes to Amud Bet. So what this Mishnah is dealing with is sort of the difference between refusal and a get, right? We talked a lot before about the difference between chalitza and get. Really, ultimately, chalitza is a form of divorce in a way, right? Um, and um, so here the, the situation is if a minor girl refuses a man, he's actually permitted to marry her other relatives. They're not considered divorced. And she's allowed to marry his relatives. She's not disqualified from the kuhuna. In other words, she's not considered to be divorced. So now they're just listing all the things we know that's true about get, right? Um, that is, uh, you know, that she's a sore to his relative, he's a sore to her relatives, she's a sore to his relatives, and she's basically considered divorced and couldn't be with a Kohen. Now remember with Chalitza, they have a status of divorce and, and can't be with a Kohen. So it's interesting to say that's not the case with refusal. Now, Tan like get Zira. Now, what if he gives her a bill, uh, you know, a get? and then decides he wants to remarry her, right? Or let's say she refuses him and marries another man. And then she's widowed or divorced from that second man. In all those cases, she's actually allowed to go back to that first husband. Let's say, right? So again, let's just explain that a little bit more before it gets to the next case, right? When she left him the last time by refusing him, the refusal basically cancels out the get 
that he gave her previously. And she returns basically to her status of a minus of a minor girl who did refusal. And therefore, she's not really forbidden to her first husband after a second marriage. Okay, so that's very interesting. So what it's saying is, even though he gave her a get, okay, but because she refused him after the get was given, the refusal status is more important than the get status and therefore takes priority or trumps it or cancels out the get status. And he could actually take her back. She still doesn't have the status of somebody who's divorced. Then we go on to say, if she refuses him and then he remarries her, then he gives her a get and she marries somebody else. And then she's widowed or divorced. She's not allowed to go back to him because they're the last act between them was a get. So basically the point of this is saying is that if the get is first and then comes refusal, refusal will trump get. But if it's refusal and then get, the get trumps the refusal. Zahaklal, get achar me'un, right? So now they're going to give a general principle. Get after refusal, asurah lachsorbo. She's not allowed to go back. Me'un achar get, but refusal after get, muterat lachsorlo. She is allowed to go back, okay? Because again, the refusal after a get, it's clear, therefore, that she was a minor. And neither the marriage and divorce really had any validity at all. In other words, what are you getting divorced from? How could he have really given her a get? Because they really weren't married because she had to really wait till she wasn't a minor anymore. Um, and so then it goes on to say the Mishnah, let's say a minor girl refuses a man and then marries another, right? And then he divorces her. And then she marries another man and refuses him, right? Um, uh, right? And then she marries another man and he divorces her. Again, what the point here is, is that if she left a situation with get, if she left a marriage with a get, she is not allowed to go back. But if she left it, um, but if she left it with meun, with refusal, she would be allowed to go back. And so the Gemara basically goes on to say, right, that since in this mission of taught that if a man gives his minor wife a, a, a get, but then remarries her, and then she does meun, she's actually allowed to marry somebody else. And she could go back and remarry her first husband if that second marriage somehow ended, either through becoming a widow or becoming divorced. And so therefore the Gemara says, Alma ate meun mubatel get. It seems that meun, refusal, actually sort of, it, it's mavatel, it nullifies a get. And then the Gemara is going to go on to try to figure out whether or not that's really, uh, that's really actually uh, the case. They're, they're going to quote uh, another Mishnah that maybe seems to, uh, that seems to contradict that. Um, and then the Gemara tries to resolve it by saying that, you know, maybe there's different Tanayim, um, you know, uh, you know, Ula has a suggestion that maybe the differences of these cases is that actually she was divorced three times. And when she does this, she looks like an, an adult. So we wouldn't allow Meun. But it's just, you know, pay a little bit of attention, you know, to how they actually try to sort out, um, you know, uh, how does this work that Meun actually can trump, can trump again? 
That's our DOF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this DOF. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.